0: We continue our exploration of John chapter 15 in verses 1 through 17 looking for characteristics of the embedded Christian. That is how to be a follower of Jesus so bonded to him so in bed with him that we withstand reversals and disappointments and failures and bear much fruit much good fruit in the lives we live for him. We have seen over the last two weeks how the embedded Christian is pruned by the words of Jesus, freed from his or her sin and focused on the kingdom of God. We have seen that this pruning empowers our prayers, making them more effective as we begin more and more to pray with Jesus' perspective in his presence, by his power, and under his authority our prayer life grows to embrace all the kinds of prayer and becomes more humble in offering situations for God to resolve rather than hammering God with our plans and our specific demands. These two characteristics of the embedded Christian prepare us for a third. We, you and I, are commanded to love. In verse 12 of the gospel reading, we read, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And at verse 17, the conclusion of the passage, we read, These things I command you so that you will love one another. And if the phrase sounds familiar to your ears, perhaps this is because the commandment to love is repeated 18 times in various forms in the Gospel and Epistles of John the command is always given by Jesus and it is to love as he has loved us and it is a command not to love everyone but specifically one another that is members of the community of faith now this doesn't mean that we are not to love our neighbors as ourselves But that Jesus' love manifested for one another within the Christian community, which is the church, is one of its defining and essential characteristics. Now this, of course, is not the only commandment to love in Scripture. It derives from the first commandment, which we heard in our first reading from Deuteronomy chapter 6. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And in Psalm 31, the psalmist responds to this commandment. Love the Lord, all you his saints. And the psalmist suggests the reason why. Because the Lord has wondrously shown his steadfast love to me. In chapter 3 of the first letter of John, our second reading, A sort of gloss is put upon this summary of the law. We read, and this is God's commandment that we believe in the name of his son Jesus, which interprets the first commandment, love the Lord thy God. Love the Lord thy God by believing in his son whom he has sent, Jesus Christ, and love one another. So the commandment to love in John's Gospel and in the epistles is not a new commandment. It is a new form of expression and now it is Jesus who gives it. I hope the topic commanded to love raises the same problem for you that it does for me. How, I think, can I be commanded to love? Love is a feeling, isn't it? It's there or it isn't. Behavior can be commanded, but not feelings, attitudes, emotions. This is a fair challenge. And to meet it, we should look carefully at the command in its context. It is Jesus who commands, and he commands us to love as I have loved you a love which is self-sacrificing even to the point of death. It is the same love with which God the Father loves Jesus. And the way we continue in his love is to obey this command. Clearly, if the love Jesus commands us to express for one another is his love, then it is not erotic attraction or mere friendship or the concern and protection of parents for their offspring it is agape love indeed this is what the Greek of this passage says agape luz. love one another and what is agape love it may be defined as willing and working the best for the beloved which is Ultimately, redemption from sin and death and eternal life reconciled to God. This agape love is not a matter of feelings, but of intention, the will, and action, work. We can express it for another whether or not we like somebody, or are physically attracted to them, or stand in loco parentis to them. This love is not part of our own nature, obviously. Jesus must give it to us if we are to manifest agape toward one another. What he commands, he will enable. So the command to love one another as I have loved you is not so much to perform for God as it is to receive what God, through Jesus, provides us to make possible disobedience. Love based on our feelings is always insecure, because feelings change. But a love which reflects and stems from the steadfast love which is the very nature of God is absolutely secure, because God alone will not grow tired or wear out or change his affections. Unlike earthly loves, agape never need mourn the loss of the beloved, because death has no final victory in our agape relationships. And there will always be other beloveds toward whom we can manifest this agape love. So how does Jesus equip us to obey his command to love each other as he has loved us? As we become more embedded in Him, we are increasingly freed and focused by the words of Jesus. That is, we are pruned. We experience Him as alive and at work in our lives remarkably. Our prayer lives are then empowered as we begin to share more of His perspective through all the kinds of prayer and pray more effectively because we are working finally with Him where we understand his will in particular situations and relationships, and at least working for him when we don't understand, but simply offer a need to him for him to resolve. So the command to love one another as I have loved you comes to us not as the crushing burden of a ghastly moral obligation, as it would if it were presented to us as the necessary prerequisite for knowing Jesus at all, but rather the command to love becomes a next step, the natural outgrowth, that which releases our desires and intentions in the process of becoming more and more embedded in him. If you are running or swimming in a race, you must begin in the starting blocks, where you listen for the starter's command. On your marks, get set, go. The go, or the starter's pistol, is in the form of a command. But it is a very special kind of command. One which liberates you to do what you deeply desire to do anyway, which is to run that race or swim it and what your whole preparation has prepared you for it is a frightening moment yes but also exciting and fulfilling so if we are embedded Christians and not mere double-minded lukewarm lip servers if we are embedded Christians being pruned by the words of Jesus and empowered in effective prayer in his name then we joyfully can receive the command, love one another as I have loved you. For it is obviously the next step, the natural expression, indeed the fulfillment of all that we are becoming. Well, you think, this is all very well, but what does it mean for us at the Church of the Cross gathering for worship on a humid Sunday afternoon? or joining and participating in a neighborhood group or turning out for a service project at the Mary Curley School in Jamaica Plain. Loving one another as Jesus has loved us means putting aside. Now note that I don't say putting away but just giving up the priority for them. Putting aside coming here to shop for dates although dating may happen or catching up with friends although that is important it doesn't mean trying to take responsibility for ninety other people most of them strangers what does it mean loving one another as Jesus has loved us requires from you and I an openness a willingness an expectation each time we gather with others in this community for opportunities as the Spirit leads to reach out to listen to care to encourage are you new here my name is Sam what is your name how has your week been thank you for sharing I'm going to pray for your situation this week, let me know how it works out. These statements suggest that readiness. Do these overtures seem trivial to you in the face of Jesus' self-sacrificing love on the cross? They are small but they are not trivial. They are beginnings, seedlings planted of new relationships that in the plan and providence of God will little by little express agape love and strengthen the fellowship, the koinonia in this place, until, as Paul writes to the Ephesians, we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. To will and work the best for the beloved is ultimately nothing less than that. If in doing so a new friend opens up to you and shares some needs and their needs seem very great and you doubt your own capacity to meet them, remember that you are part of a community, a body of which Jesus is the head. This burden of another's needs should and and can be shared under Jesus' direction. So don't back away from the new and needy friend. Get help. Love one another as I have loved you. He who commands you to love as he loves will see to it that you increase to fullness of joy, as he provides through the Spirit the means for you to fulfill his commands. Amen.